I want you to go to 2 Kings chapter 6, and I want everyone to please open your Bibles. We're going to read from verse 24. Verse 24. Afterward, Ben-Hadad, king of Syria, mustered his entire army and went up and besieged Samaria. Do you have a Bible? Do you have a Bible? Open it. Well, the reason I said open it is not because I want you to shout. It's good you, you shout, but come to church with a Bible. Come to church with a Bible. It's a, long, it's a very long read today. You know, it is said that people don't read the Bible anymore in the church. Statistics shows that people don't read the Bible anymore. Pastors just come up, boom, they begin to preach. They don't read the Bible anymore. In a lot of places. Here we're going to endeavor to read the word. I like what you said, Hobart. The word of God, the more you hear it, the more you, you hunger for it. Because it's the truth. It's life. A lot of people don't read anymore. Pastor, read it for me. So I have to read it and teach it and preach it. And that's the reason why. Because a lot of people don't read the Bible. When the challenges of life come, they fall flat. You've got to read the Bible. So when the pastor says, open your Bible, you open your Bible. And you look into your Bible as he reads. So open your Bibles. Woo to you too. <laughs> it looked like you guys are mocking me. Woo. No, you 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 too. Woo to you too. It should be a shout of joy. No woo. So open your Bibles. Yeah. Now I am in the river. Second Kings chapter 6. We're going to read from verse 24. Please, I need you to follow me. Because it's so important what I'm going to read. Have you found 24? Afterward, Ben-Hadad, king of Syria, mustered his entire army and went up and besieged Samaria. And there was a great famine in Samaria and they besieged it. As they besieged it, until a donkey's head was sold for 80 shekels of silver, and the fourth part of a cab of doves dung for five shekels of silver. Now, as the king of Israel was passing by on the wall, a woman cried out to him, saying, Help, my lord, O king. And he said, If the Lord will not help you, how shall I help you? From the threshing floor or from the wine press? And the king asked her, What is your trouble? She answered, This woman said to me, Give your son that we may eat him today, and we will eat my son tomorrow. So we boiled my son and ate him. And on the next day I said to her, Give your son that we may eat him. But she said, but she has hidden her son. When the king heard the words of the woman, he tore his clothes. Now he was passing by on the wall, and the people looked, and behold, he had sackcloth beneath on his body. And he said, May God do so to me, and more also, if the head of Elisha, the son of Shaphat, remains on his shoulders today. Elisha was sitting in his house, and the elders were sitting with him. Now the king had dispatched a man from his presence 
But before the messenger arrived, Elisha said to the elders, Do you see how this murderer has sent to take off my head? Look, when the messenger comes, shut the door and hold the door fast against him. It's not the sound of his master's feet behind him. And while he was still speaking with them, the messenger came down to him and said, This trouble is from the Lord. Why should I wait for the Lord any longer? Now go to the next chapter. We read from chapter 7 and from verse 1. Now you have to understand that when the books were written, there were no chapters and verses. So it's a continuation. I want to say continuation. Then Elisha said, Hear ye the word of the Lord. Thus saith the Lord, Tomorrow, about this time, shall a measure of fine flour be sold for a shekel, and two measures of barley for a shekel in the gate of Samaria. Then the captain on whose hand the king leaned said to the man of God, If the Lord himself should make, a win uh, should make windows in heaven, could this thing be? But he said, you shall see it with your own eyes, but you shall not eat of it. Now there were four men who were lepers at the entrance to the gate. And they said to, uh, to one another, why are we sitting here until we die? If we say, let us enter the city, the famine is in the city, and we shall die. And if we sit here, we shall die also. So now, come let us... Go over to the camp of the Syrians. If they spare our lives, we shall leave. And if they kill us, we shall but die. So they arose at twilight to go to the camp of the Syrians. But when they came to the edge of the camp of the Syrians, behold, there was no one there. For the Lord had made the army of the Syrians hear the sound of chariots and of horses the sound of a great army, so that they said to one another, Behold, the king of Israel has hired against us the kings of the Hittites and the kings of Egypt to come against us. So they fled away in the twilight and abandoned their tents, their horses, and their donkeys, leaving the camp as it was, and fled for their lives. And when these lepers came to the edge of the camp, they went into a tent and ate and drank, and they carried off silver and gold and clothing and went and hid them. Then they came back and entered another tent and carried off things from it and went and hid them. Then they said to one another, we are not doing right. This day is a day of good news. If we are silent and wait until the morning light, punishment will overtake us. Now therefore come. Let us go and tell the king's household. So they came and called to the gatekeepers of the city and told them, We came to the camp of the Syrians, and behold, there was no one to be seen or heard there, nothing but the horses tied and the donkeys tied and the tents as they were. Then the gatekeepers called out, and it was told within the king's household, and the king rose in the night and said to his servants, I will tell you what the Syrians have done to us. They know that we are hungry. Therefore, they have gone out of the camp to hide themselves in the open country, thinking, when they come out of the city, 
we shall take them alive and get into the city. And one of his servants said, let some men take five of the remaining horses, seeking that those who are left here will fare like the whole multitude of Israel who have already perished. Let us send and let us see. So they took two horsemen, and the king sent them after the army of the Syrians, saying, go and see. So they went after them as far as the Jordan, and behold, all the way was littered with garments and equipment that the Syrians had thrown away in their haste. And the messengers returned and told the king. Then the people went out and plundered the camp of the Syrians. So a seer of fine flour was sold for a shekel, and two seers of barley for a shekel, according to the word of the Lord. Now the king had appointed a captain, on whose hand he leaned to have charge of the gate. And the people trampled him in the gate, so that he died, as the man of God has said when the king came down to him. For when the man of God has said to the king, two seers of barley shall be sold for a shekel, and a seer of fine flour for a shekel about this time tomorrow in the gate of Samaria, the captain had answered the man of God, if the Lord himself should make windows in, in heaven, could such a thing be? And he, and he had said, you shall see it with your own eyes, but you shall not eat of it. And so it happened to him, for the people trampled him in the gate, and he died. This is something that is very powerful, a story that I was reading and I felt in my heart a couple of weeks ago that this is something that I've got to share with you. And I want to share this message in such a way where everyone would understand the important highlights that we see in the story. I believe one of the reasons why I had you read with me is because I need you to see it yourself because I do not have all the time to talk about every detail. But as we read, I believe you are beginning to come to terms with some of the things that the Word of God is revealing to us in the place where we read. In actual fact, the two places where we read. But like I said to you, when these were written, there were no chapters and no verses. So it was just this continuous thread, continuation from the previous to the former. And so it's important we understand that this is one story. But we understand that the nation of Israel was in dire straits. Because the enemy had besieged them, or let's say this way, because they have turned their backs on God. The enemy cannot besiege a believer unless the believer has turned his back on the Lord. The enemy had besieged Israel because Israel had turned their backs on God. And they have opened the door to the enemy to come to steal to kill and to destroy. What does the Bible say in John chapter 10 and verse 10? The thief comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. That is the threefold mission of the devil. To steal, to kill, and to destroy. And I can tell you who the devil is trying to steal from. I can tell you who the devil is trying to destroy. It is you, it is I. But we must understand that when we are in the place where God wants us to be, the devil will try, but the devil will never succeed. It is when people have left 
where God wants them to be. It is when people have turned their backs on God. That is when the enemy gains access into their lives. Every Christian is guaranteed divine protection. Every Christian is guaranteed divine provision. As long as you are under the place of God's divine protection. The Bible tells us in Psalms 91. He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Can I tell you, the enemy cannot touch you unless you open the door. The enemy cannot touch you unless you open the door. And when we talk about opening the door to the devil, there are two gates that I want you to keep shut. The first gate that you must keep shut are your eye gates. The second gate that you must keep shut are your ear gates. These are two important gates. What you are looking at can affect you. What you are listening to can affect you. Are you listening to me? So you must make sure that what you are looking at is building faith in you. You must make sure that what you're listening to is edifying you. You can open the door through your ear gates and your eye gates. And when those doors are open to the kingdom of darkness, your life will be infiltrated. The enemy wants to come in. The enemy wants to ruin your life. The enemy wants to destroy. The enemy wants to ruin your destiny in God. You must not allow him. Praise God. Keep those gates shut. Tell two people, keep the gates shut. He that dwelleth. In the secret place of the Most High. You must dwell there. The Bible said they will abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Where no enemy can access. The enemy cannot gain access into the secret place of the Most High where believers are supposed to dwell. And if the enemy can't gain access into the secret place of the Most High, it means the enemy cannot touch you. The only reason the enemy will be able to touch you is when you come out from under the umbrella of God's divine protection. Come on now, say amen. amen. I've told the story of this pastor's wife who was always watching soap opera. She was stuck on her TV watching Dizzy, soap opera. They call it Dizzy here. Watching soap opera, watching all this stuff. And in this stuff, what do you have? No, really, listen to me. What, what do you see, soap opera? What do you see in these things? It's divorce, it's unfaithfulness, it's promiscuity. It's this girl running after this boy. This boy running after this girl. It is this married woman who cannot stay in her home. She's always going after these other people. It is this... Listen, the, this pastor wife was watching this thing consistently. And guess what? She opened the door to the devil and she said to her husband, I'm not interested in marrying you anymore. I want a divorce. Because what do you get in these things? It's divorce, promiscuity. It's, all, it's, all, it's filth. If you open your life to filth, filth will come in. You've got to keep those eyes closed. You've got to keep those ears closed. 
I'm telling you right now. The things that people say, the things that people talk about, the kind of people that come around you, you have to be so careful so that the wrong people don't come around you because the wrong people come with their negativity. And if you keep listening to negativity, whether you believe it or not, it's going to affect you. It's going to affect you. You are not too spiritual not to be affected by negativity. Look at my ears. For those of you that like to gossip, these ears are not trash cans. They're not dustbins. Americans say trash cans. British say dustbins. These are not dustbins. They're not trash cans. Look, look. Don't come with your trash. I don't want to hear it. This is how to keep your heart pure. This is how to keep your life clean. Are you listening to me? The reason why the enemy besieged Israel is because Israel opened up their lives to the enemy. As long as Israel was under God's divine protection, the enemy could not touch them. Israel is a type of the church in prophetic language. If the church stays in the to stay. If the believer in Christ stays in the place of God's divine grace, divine protection, divine provision, then the enemy will not be able to mess up your life. The reason the enemy gains access into people's lives is because they open up the door to the enemy. People open up the door to the enemy even into their homes, into their families, into their children. And I want to warn parents here this morning. The things you do will affect your children. Yes, the things you do, the things you open up the door to will come into your family and will ruin the life of your children. Except God delivers them. Be careful. This is not a joke. Don't just think to yourself that it is my choice. It is my life. It is my decision. It's about me. It's not just about your life. There are many others that depend on you. So make decisions. Make unselfish decisions. Because if you make selfish decisions, they're going to bite you. They're going to bite your children. Come on, is anybody listening to what I'm saying this morning? It's me. It's my life. No, it's not your life alone. There are other people involved. Don't open the door. Close it. The enemy will tempt you on a daily basis to open the door through the things you watch. The enemy will tempt you on a daily basis to open the door through the things you listen to. Shut the door. Tell two people, shut the door. door. Now, when I say shut the door, this is not a time to close your eyes and sleep. I'm not telling you to shut your eyes now and sleep. Open your eyes now. Here, I'm preaching the truth of the word of God. But when I say shut the door, I mean shut the door to those things that are going to come into you and mess your life up. Come on now, say amen. Amen. And people wonder, why is the devil after me? The devil is after you because you've opened the door. The Bible says, because Israel has neglected the thing that's holy, the enemy pursues them. Come on now. Come on now, say amen. Amen. 
if you want to listen, if you want to succeed in life, you want to really prosper, you want to enjoy the fullness of what God, what God wants to do in your life, you've got to live your life to the glory of God. Amen. Come on now, say amen. Amen. Close the door. Close the door. Close. Thank you. Help me. Close the door. Help me say it. Close the door. Shut the door. Shut the door in the face of the devil. Tell the devil, this is not your house. You have no business here. You have no business in my mind. You have no business in my family. You have no business in my, in my life. You have no business in the way I think. You have no business in my body. I shut the door. And the way you shut the door is by shutting your eye gates and your ear gates. Come on now, say amen. amen. The pastor's wife got a divorce. Because she was stuck on her TV. Watching, watching the, the, the filth that is spewed out. Be careful what you watch. Be careful what you're watching. Be careful now. Why, why would a Christian be going through deliverance? Why? Is that not a problem today in the church? Christians running from one deliverance meeting to another. The reason is because they're opening the door to something. If you keep the door closed, there is no need for you to be delivered. Because if you keep the door closed, you will be the one delivering other people. The Christian is not supposed to be going through deliverance. The Christian is a carrier of deliverance to those that are bound. Show me one believer in the book of Acts that went through deliverance. Paul, Peter, James, Timothy, Barnabas. No, they were carriers of deliverance. You look at the book of Acts, you look at the modern day church, it's like day and night. Something is wrong. Something is majorly wrong. And one of the problems is the messages that people preach. The message is making people weak. The message is putting people's dependence on the man of God. You are not here to depend on me. Listen, I'm depending on him. You should depend on him too. Come on now, say amen. I'm not, no, I'm not going to make you depend on me. So I tell you, when the enemy tries to show up in your house at 2 a.m., you wake up and walk the floor and tell the devil, you have no business in my house. In the name of Jesus Christ, the Son of God, you pack your load and you leave. You don't have to call me. Pastor, help me. I'm afraid. The devil is... No, no. You get on fire. You get filled with the word. You get filled with the anointing and see if the devil can touch you. You keep your life clean. You keep your life pure and see if the devil can touch you. One of the things I've understood about purity is purity produces power. Purity produces boldness. Purity produces confidence. So when I'm standing there in my place of dominion and authority and I tell the devil, you have nothing on me. You get out of this place and leave. The devil has no option. He has to leave. When I kneel down to pray and I open my mouth and I begin to talk to my Father in heaven, there is nothing condemning me. 
That's why the Bible says, come into his presence boldly, boldly, boldly. But if you're messing around, if you're living a life that's contrary to the word of God, when you're coming, you're coming in fear, not boldly. And when you're coming in fear, your prayers are not answered. Why? Because your faith is deactivated. Don't cast away your confidence that carries a great recompense of reward. But if you lose your confidence, there is no reward. Coming in boldly that we may obtain help and grace in our time of need. But that confidence is filled, is, is, is filled by a life that is in line with God's word. Praise God. So live like a believer on Sunday and live like a believer on Monday to Friday. And the devil will be so far from you. Now don't get me wrong. I'm not saying he's not going to try. But the Bible says no weapon formed against you will prosper. Every tongue that shall rise against you in judgment, you will condemn. Now when you read that, that's Isaiah 54, right? Verse 17. No weapon formed against you will prosper. Every tongue that shall rise against you in judgment. The Bible says, if you read that, I, think, I believe in the Amplified Classic, it says, you will show to be wrong. For this is the heritage of the servant of the Lord. And their righteousness is of me, saith the Lord. What's your heritage? What's your heritage? You will shut every mouth up. You will shut every attack of the... You will say, look, you, you can't touch me. What did Jesus say? The prince of this world cometh. He found nothing in me. My hands are clean. My heart, my heart is clean. We shall ascend to the hill of the Lord. He that has clean hands and a pure heart. Come on now, say amen. amen. Come on now, I'm preaching good. Amen. Some of you are too quiet this morning. Say Amen. Tell two people, close the door. <laughs> Tell them, keep the door. Keep the door closed. Keep, keep the door closed. Keep it closed. Keep it closed. Listen, one of my jobs, one of my jobs is to build a healthy church. Is to raise healthy believers. I understand my job. To raise healthy believers. Even if today is your first time. This is my. I'm going to raise healthy believers. This church is going to be known as a healthy church. Amen. This church is going to be known as a healthy church. I, I like the fact. Uh, this was a compliment many years ago. Some people came to the church and they said. They left and they didn't come back. You know why they didn't come back? They said if you go to the church. Pastor God when he preaches. You have to leave for God or you have to leave the church. Oh, yeah. And I said, praise God. That was a compliment. You have to leave or you have to serve God. You don't, they said, you, you don't sit on the fence when he preaches. You have to make a choice. And don't you like the fact that Joshua said to the people of Israel, choose ye this day whom you will serve. Choose. You've got to choose. As for me and my house, we shall serve the Lord. You, you choose, but me I've chosen. I've chosen. We will serve the Lord. Come on now. Is there anyone in this house today who will say like Joshua, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. 
Come on, if that's you, then give the Lord a big shout of praise the Lord. Hallelujah. The Bible says in Proverbs chapter 4, My son, protect your heart with all diligence. For out of it flows the issues of life. How do you protect your heart? By protecting your eyes and your ears. Because out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth will speak. But what goes into the heart? Goes into the, into the heart through your eyes and through your ears. Come on now, say amen. 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 So what are you looking at? What are you listening to? Look, I cannot overemphasize this. I can't. Even, even if I have to stay on this till the end of my message, which I don't intend to do, but I cannot overemphasize this. This is where people struggle. And they wonder why they're not having a miracle. They wonder why some are testifying of the goodness of God, but they can't testify. They wonder why it's not happening for them. Because they've left the secret place of the Most High. Where the Bible says the enemy would not be able to gain access into. Come on now, say amen. amen. But in our text, there are some very important highlights that I'm going to share with you. Number one. The word of the Lord is the stronghold of faith. If you notice in 2 Kings 7 in verse 1, the Bible said, Then Elisha said, Hear ye the word of the Lord. Hear ye what? The word of the Lord. Thus saith the Lord, Tomorrow. I want to say tomorrow. About this time. Shall a measure of fine flour be sold for a shekel and two measures of barley for a shekel in the gate of Samaria. So Elisha, the man of God, gave them the word of God. He was prophesying. He was foretelling. To prophesy is to foretell or to tell forth. There is foretelling, there is forthtelling. In this case, he was foretelling. He was, he was predicting. Not out of his head. The prophetic office is a very important office today. But prophecy, it's, it's a gift. I'm not talking about the office. I'm talking about a simple gift of prophecy. It's a gift. And every believer can operate in prophecy. Come on, say Amen. As every believer can operate in prophecy. But you see, God said to Elisha to say, by this time tomorrow, this is what is going to happen. Elisha was not afraid to tell them the word of the Lord. The word of the Lord is what you need in the midst of your worst predicament. Come on now, say amen. When you are going through any adverse situation, pressing for the word of God. Amen. Pressing for revelation. Amen. Pressing for rema. Because for every situation, there is a divine strategy. Amen. Come on now, say amen. amen. 
I say for every situation, there is a divine strategy. Pressing. Tell somebody pressing for the word of God. So no matter what you're going through, there is a word from God that will bring you out. Come on, I say there is a word from God that will bring you out of the predicament. But you see, when people go through things, a lot of times they don't go for the word. They start asking people's opinion. What do you think? What should I do? You're asking the wrong people. Is that not a problem? What should I do? What, what do you think? Listen, it's not what they think. It's what he wants. You go, I say, why should I come to you? I go straight to the source. Praise God. And each of you here, if you're a born-again believer in Christ, you have the capacity of hearing the voice of God. Oh my God, I'll preach that next week. Maybe I'll preach that when I come back from Nigeria. Maybe that's what I'm going to preach. <laughs> no, no, you need to know this. Each of you, are you born again? Yes. You have the ability to hear the voice of God. You don't have to be called a prophet to hear God's voice. In actual fact, you don't go to prophets today to be led by God. The Bible does not say them that are led by prophets are the sons of God. It says them that are led by the Spirit of God. These are the sons of God. Amen. Today you have people, believers with their personal prophets. We don't live in the Old Testament anymore. I don't have a personal prophet. Come on now, say amen. amen. The Spirit of the Lord is the Spirit of prophecy. Come on, say amen. amen. So, so, my God, why should I go to a prophet to hear the word of the Lord? Now, if I'm in the service and the prophet wants to give me the word of the Lord, praise God. But I'm not going to seek the word of the Lord. I have the word of the Lord. I have the word of the Lord. Thy, thy word have I hid in my heart. Where have I hid the word? In my heart. Your word is a light unto my feet, a lamp unto my path. I have the word. Now, if, if I am in a service where a prophet is ministering, when my wife and I, this was years ago, many years ago, a prophet came to this church. A prophet. I mean, I'm talking about a prophet. There are good prophets, there are fake prophets. Oh, you know, you, do you know that, right? There are good, there are false prophets. That's why the Bible says, test every spirit. If they are of God. For many false prophets have gone out into the world. And they are deceiving many. Come on now. Well, we were privileged to sit under the ministry of a prophet. This was many, many years ago. And uh, that was even before my, my uh, Irene was, was born. Before Irene was even conceived. And the man of the Lord, the word of the prophet called up my wife and gave her a word. Ex exactly. And that broke something open in her life. So we, we, we understand there is a prophetic ministry. 
the office of the prophet. But the Old Testament prophets are not the same as the New Testament prophets. Praise God. In the Old Testament, people ran, went to prophets to seek the word of the Lord. In the New Testament, we don't go to prophets to seek the word of the Lord. In the New Testament, we have the Spirit of God living on the inside of each of us. So when we want the word of the Lord, we go to the Holy Ghost. Come on now, say amen. amen. It is expedient that I go away, Jesus said. For if I go not away, the Holy Ghost will not come to you. Right? He said, how be it when he, the spirit of truth, has come. He will guide you. I won't say he will guide me. He will guide you into all truth. He don't guide you into error. He guides you into all. Everyone say all. All truth. He will not speak on his own accord, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will show you things to come. What's that? Prediction. What does it show you? The future. What does it show you? Things to come. What does it show you? What's about to happen? Come on now, say amen. amen. Jesus said, he will take from me, and he shall give it to you. Praise God. The word of God, the prophetic word, the revelation word is the stronghold of faith. Are you listening now? Do you know what sustained Abraham? It was the word of the Lord. Do you know what sustained Peter? When he said, Lord, is it you? If it is you, bid me to come to you on the waters. Jesus said, come. The word of the Lord was given to him. That is the stronghold of faith. Come on now, say amen. amen. Do you know what sustained Elijah in 1 Kings 17? When there was a famine in the land and everyone was dying of starvation... The word of the Lord came to Elijah and said to him, Go to the brook Cherith, for I have commanded the ravens to feed you there, and you shall drink from the brook. The word of the Lord. When you're going through something in your life, press in to the word. Press in for that revelation word because there is a strategic word for the season. Come on now, say amen. That says, I pray that your eyes are open in the spirit. I pray that your ears are open in the spirit. That you will begin to see what God wants you to see. I pray that the blinders are removed. I pray that the thing that's deafening you will be removed. That you are able to hear in the realm of the spirit. You are able to see into the realm of the spirit. So that you are not misled. And you are not ignorant and oblivious of what God wants to do in and through your life. May the blinders be removed today in Jesus name. Some people are blind. Blind. Some are deaf. Deaf in the spirit. They hear nothing. They see nothing. But God wants you to see. Come on now, say amen. amen. For in the last days, saith God, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. And your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream. Your young men shall see what? Visions. Do I have any young men in this place today? Come on, may your eyes be open to see visions. Come on now, may your eyes be open to see visions. 
Come on, now may your eyes be open. May the blind us be removed, that you might see into the realm of the Spirit. Yeah. Look at some young men. They, they don't, they're not going anywhere. And they want to marry a girl. <laughs> Where are you going? I don't know. Leave that girl alone then. Preaching good. You may not like this, but it's the truth. I want to marry you. Marry you and take me. Where are you taking me? No, I don't know where I'm going, but uh, just follow. No, who wants to follow a man who don't know where he's going? Come on now, say amen. Amen. Young girls, be wise. I love him. I love him. (laughs) Shut up. You don't know what love is. Shut up. You have no idea what you're talking about. You have no idea. I love him. Why do you love him? He's, he has a swag. <laughs> he, he, shut up. You don't know what you're talking about. You don't know what love is. Marriage is real life. Not fluff. When you finish, when you move in, you realize that some days there is no swag. He has swag. <laughs> when you have to deal with life issues, all this stuff will be gone. <laughs> That's swag. I, I don't mind swag. I mean, even on Wednesday, Wednesday I was talking about some people don't have any style. They're, they're swagless. They have no swag. They have nothing. They marry anybody. Yeah, okay. It's okay. I'll manage that. No, that's not what I'm saying too. Okay, so don't, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying don't go for people with swag. But I'm also saying if, if they have, no, no, if they have swag, their swag should also be accompanied with a purpose. You know, I'm trying to coin a word here. <laughs> swag would <laughs> purposeful swag <laughs> no listen if the guy has no, no purpose tell him to go find a purpose tell him to go to God and cry out to God maybe he needs to go on the 40 day fast <laughs> and stay there until God speaks just like if you think about people that God has used people like T.L. Osborne I mean, look at church history. They locked themselves in the house until God came. They said, I'm not going out. If, if you don't touch me, I'm not. Dr. Rodney Howard Brown. Married Adonica when he was 20. When he was 20, Adonica was 19. But he had not. He told us this, he told the story. He said, I had nothing. The only thing I had was a Mercedes Benz. But the only thing good about the Mercedes Benz was the name. It was so bad. He said, when I would go preach, this is Dr. Rodney Howard Brown. Okay? He said, he told the story. He said, when I go preach, I get there, I drive there, I take the key out of the ignition, I lock the door, I come out, and I'm walking with the pastor. The car starts by itself. 
<laughs> so that was, that was how bad the car was. <laughs> it said, I'm, I'm driving on the highway. Driving. Not, not drive, just driving on the highway. And suddenly, the car goes, eh. It said, the guy in the other car would look at, why are you, why are you honking on, on the car? Why, why, are you, why are you doing? I, said, I didn't touch it. The car does that by itself. You know, the, the side window slides in. You have to look for the window to bring it out. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, you know? Yeah, some of you have driven cars like that. The, the window slides in, you look for it, and you pull it out. <laughs> it said the only thing good about a car is the name. Mercedes. He said, but I told Adonica, I'm going somewhere. Follow me. Amen. Those are the kind of men to, those are the kind of people. Yes. Uh -huh. Now you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. The kind of people. Don't look at their presence. I'm not talking about present circumstance. They may not really have everything in place, but man, when they talk about vision. Ah. <laughs> this person is going somewhere. This person is going somewhere. My God, I'm going to follow him. I will follow. I, it's going to take a while, but I'll follow. Come on now, say amen. amen. Come on now, say amen. amen. So before you start this gushy, mushy feeling, I feel, I feel something. Young men shall see vision. Praise God. Hallelujah. Come on now, say amen. amen. Come on now, say amen. amen. Come on now, say amen. amen. The word of the Lord. Everyone said the word of the Lord. So number one highlight is the word of the Lord is the stronghold of faith. If you have that, you are guaranteed. I want to say guaranteed. guaranteed. You have the word of the Lord, there is guarantee. You know why? Because God is not a man that he should lie. Nor a son of man that he should change his mind. Has he spoken it? Will he not do it? Has he said it? Will he not make it good? He will watch over his word to perform them. As the snow cometh down and the rain from heaven and returneth not back again. But watereth the earth and maketh it bring forth and bar, that it may give seed to the sower and bread for eating. So shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth. It shall not return unto me void, but it shall accomplish the purpose for which I sent it, and it will prosper in the thing I please. My covenant will I not break, nor alter the words that's gone out of my lips. Once I've sworn by my holiness, I shall not lie to David. Praise God. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my word shall not pass away. The word of God is the stronghold of faith. The moment you get the word of God, that's it. That's it. So my question to you, what has God said to you? 
Where is he taking you to? Where? And listen, I'm not beating you up if you haven't known. But it concerns me if you don't want to know. We are all at different stages. If you haven't known, no, I'm not beating you up. But I am here to encourage you to know. You've got to find out. Where are you going? What are you called to accomplish? What has the Lord told you in the secret place? What is that word that's burning in your heart like fire? What is that thing you cannot live without? What is that thing you know that this is my divine destiny? This must be done. The Lord told me. The Lord said it. What is it? Tell me. If you can't say it, you haven't got it. If you haven't got it, you haven't started. But you've got to find it. You've got to find it. I say you've got to find it. Amen. Come on now, you've got to find it. Press, press into. Listen, some of you, you, you need to lock yourself in your house and you need to say, Lord, until you speak, I'm not coming out. Lord, until you show me, I'm not coming out. I remember when I was in Bible school, I told the story. The Lord said to me, spend more time with me and less time with your friends. You know, we waste time by hanging out sometimes. We want to hang out. We want to go drink coffee, cappuccino. <laughs> I'm not against hanging out. We, we should hang out. We're not also talking about living this tensed life. Oh, I'm, I need to find out the plan of God. Relax. Relax. <laughs> But let, let this desire burning you from today. Come on, can someone say amen? amen? Second highlight, don't ever doubt the word of the Lord. Because if you do, it will not be beneficial for you. The man on whom the king leaned said, even if God opened the windows of heaven, this cannot happen. Don't ever doubt the word of God. You may not, listen to this, you may not fully understand it. Your mind will not be able to comprehend the word of God. Because he speaks things that are not possible to the human mind. But the word of God is not designed to what? Appeal to your mind. The word of God is designed to build faith. You may never understand it. In actual fact, if you understand it, it's not the word of God. If you know what I mean. No, oh, yeah. If your mind is able to come. Yeah. Oh, that is so easy to do. The Lord will stretch you. And tell you to do things that will stretch you. The Lord will tell you to do things that will stretch you. Your mind will fight it. Your mind will say, no, no, you, that cannot be done. Jesus said to Peter, go catch a fish. The first fish you catch, open the mouth. You see money in it. And then take the money. Go pay your tax on mine. Are you listening to me? Does that make sense? Go catch a fish. Money is in the mouth of the fish. The first one you catch? Does it make sense? What do you have here? Lord, we have just five loaves of bread and two fish. Bring them to me. What? This is a little boy's lunch. Bring them to me. Roll the stone away. What? 
He's been dead for four days. Roll the stone away. By now he's stinking. Roll the stone away. It doesn't make sense. The word of the Lord doesn't make sense. The word of the Lord creates faith. Leave your father's house. Leave your country. Leave your people. Go to a place I'll show you. Where is it? Just go. And Abraham was seeking for a place whose builder and maker is God. God said go. He didn't even know where he was going. But God said go. And he left and he obeyed. Today, my God, coming from Africa, you know, we like to sing, Abraham's blessings are mine. Abraham's blessings are mine. I am blessed in the morning. I am blessed in the evening. Abraham's blessings are mine. Do you know the manifestation of Abraham's blessing came because of Abraham's obedience? Let me come preach to these people in this section. Do you know that the manifestation of Abraham's blessings came because of the obedience of Abraham? We need to start singing about Abraham's obedience. Not just Abraham's blessings. Because with blessing come obedience. Good place, a good place to say amen. amen. It's also a good place to say oh me. Praise God. <laughs> Don't ever doubt the word of the Lord. You may not fully understand it, but it's not designed for you to understand with your natural mind. You are not that intelligent to understand God. You know what theology is? The study of God. That's what theology is. You know what bi biology is? The study of plants, right? Plants and animals, right? That's what biology is. So theology. The theo, God, logic, study. Study, God, study, study, God. Theology, biology. Study God. Let's study God. No, God studies you. <laughs> study God. <laughs> I'm not against theology. I'm just saying that's what it means, theology. Study of God. Got a PhD. Got a PhD in, div PhD, PhD in Christian ministry and divinity. P <laughs> that don't mean you know God. Some PhD holders in theology are the most confused people. I'm not kidding you. When you sit in their services, you leave more confused than when you came. Because <laughs> they are so, they, they, have, <laughs> they have so many degrees, they look like a thermometer. Some are so boring. <laughs> they studied God so much now, they don't even know God anymore. Yeah. <laughs> you know God by faith. Amen. By faith. By faith. I give to you that which I first received of the Lord. How did he receive it? Revelation. That Christ died for our sin according to the scripture. 
He was buried. And he rose again according to the scripture. I received and I gave. That's why Paul, if you, if you start his life, you discover that the man was full of revelation. I knew a man 14 years ago, whether in the body or out of the body, I do not know, only God knoweth. But this man was cut up to, the, to paradise. I knew this man 14 years ago, whether in the body or out of the body, I know not, but God knoweth. This man was cut up to the third heaven. And he saw and witnessed things that are, not, that are not lawful for men to tell. Bible theologians believe that Paul was talking about himself. But he said, I knew a man. When it comes to visions and revelations of the Lord, we're going to talk about things that you see in the realm of the Spirit. And that's the reason why this man was able to pray for the church at Ephesus in Ephesians 1 that the Lord and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ will give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation. Wisdom, the word revelation there is in the Greek apocalypsis. It means the revealing, the unveiling, the opening up. That he'll give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the intimate knowledge of him. The eyes of your understanding being enlightened that you might know what is the hope of his calling. What are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints and what is the exceeding greatness of his power. Toward us who believe the same power that raised Christ from the dead and set him at his own right hand in heavenly places far above all principality and power, might and dominion, above every name, not only in this age, but also in the age which is to come. Open down my eyes, that I might behold wondrous things out of thy law. Come on now, say amen. amen. So when the word of the Lord comes, you are strengthened. But don't doubt it. Believe it. The thought highlight I want to show you here is God saves with the most unlikely people sometimes. And God delivers in the most unlikely way sometimes. These four lepers. That one said lepers. Now these guys were, as you can see in the story, they were ostracized. Lepers back in the day were ostracized. They couldn't mingle with nobody. They could only mingle with themselves. They were, notice they were standing outside the gate of the city. And four of them, they said, okay, what should we do? Let's go into the city. If we do, we shall die because there is starvation. Okay, what should we do? If we stay here, we shall die. You know what? Let's go to the camp of the Syrians. God will deliver with the most unlikely people. And I want to say this to you. Don't ever despise anybody. You see the people that you look at, you look down to today. You might look up to them tomorrow. Don't despise nobody. Don't despise nobody. Treat everybody with regard. Treat everybody with respect. Everybody, you don't know their destiny. The, the person you look down, look down at today might be the helper tomorrow. I'm preaching good. People look at no. 
You discard people easily. Don't discard anybody. Everyone is unique. Everyone is special. Everyone has a divine destiny in God. Don't despise anybody. If God could use lepers, God can use you. If we stay here, we will die. If we go into the city, we will die. So let's go to the camp. Let's go over there to the camp of the Syrians. If they kill us, we die. Sometimes when it comes to facing life problems, you need that kind of mentality. If I die, let me die. But I will confront my fear. Come on now, I'm preaching good. If is it death, 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 right? I'll just die. It's death. That's it. I cross over to heaven. But I'm going to confront this problem. I'm going to confront. You know the reason why some of you are not having victory over your problems? is because you are afraid of, you're afraid of it. Face that problem in Jesus' name. Confront that problem. Listen, you will not die. The problem might just hear an army coming. Because here are four men, four lepers, fingers falling off, ears falling off, nose falling off. And God brought victory to the people of Israel through lepers. Because when the Syrians heard that lepers were coming, that if they knew they were lepers, they would have killed them. But as they walked towards the camp of the Syrians, the Bible says God made the Syrians hear the sound of an army. The marching of, a, of soldiers. My God, they thought soldiers were coming. They did not know it was only four lepers who couldn't hurt a fly. And they took off running and they left all their goods. I'm here to tell you, those that God will use to bring you some victories may be people you despise. But I'm here to tell you, don't ever despise them. You must treat them well. You must understand that this guy or this girl may not be where you think they are supposed to be. But don't look down on them. Because God might use them to bring you some of the biggest victories of your life. Come on, if you believe it, say amen. I made, I made, it, I made it a point, I mean, I made, it, I made a decision in my life. I'll never despise nobody in the church. Never. Treat everyone well. Everyone is important. Oh, but they don't have money. That's why Paul warned. Paul said to Timothy, if you see a rich person coming to your congregation, don't give them special place. And then you see poor people, you put it, go to the back, stay there. No, Paul said, if you, you don't do that, everyone is special. The guy may be financially loaded. The guy may be financially loaded. I like this man. He's receiving it. I said, me. So the guy may be financially loaded. <laughs> this man is musically gifted. Of course, loaded too financially. But... <laughs> Come on now, say amen. amen. To look down on nobody. Everyone is unique. Everyone is special. Amen. Can someone say amen? amen? So don't be surprised that God will use some people that you don't even expect to bring you some of the biggest victories of your life. Amen. And I want to encourage you, expect it. Amen. It's going to happen. Amen. 
Come on now, it's going to happen. Praise God. The fourth thing I want to show you here is you don't have to fight your enemies. God will fight them. The Lord made them here and they ran. A fire goes before me and burns up all my enemies. Praise God. The Lord will go before you. The Lord will make the crooked places straight. The last thing I'll show you, I'll finish with this. Notice, they said, if we keep taking these goodies without telling others, evil will come upon us. The blessing of God on your life is not for you alone. You are not given that opportunity for you only. Please understand it. God will give you breakthroughs. Your breakthroughs are someone else's breakthrough. Someone has been praying for that. And God gave it to you so that you can give it to them. Learn, 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 learn this. Whenever something comes into your hand, before you start using it, ask the Lord, is it for me or is it for somebody else? (laughs) Sometimes the Lord will put money in your hands, but it's not for you. Sometimes the Lord will put a phone in your hand, but it's not for you. Sometimes the Lord will put a Bible in your hand, but it's not for you. It is for somebody else. There is somebody that's been praying. And if you are not sensitive to the guide and the leading of the Spirit, you would take that and keep it to yourself instead of transferring it to the person to whom it belongs. Come on now, say amen. amen. Your blessing is not for you alone. Get rid of selfishness. Get rid of self-centeredness. You are not in this life for yourself alone. You should be a river flowing into many lives and being a blessing to many. And you know what? When God sees that you are willing to dispense and to distribute what he brings into your life that is supposed to bless other people, you become a conduit, you become a vessel, you become a host, you become a pipe. And guess what? As long as you let God keep flowing through you, blessings, you'll never be dry. You just have to, you have to learn to be like an octopus when it comes to blessing people. You spread your tentacles all over the place. Blessing there, blessing this, blessing that, blessing this. Because you see, when you spread your tentacles, God continues to flow through you. And you cannot outgive God. As long as you stay open to what God wants to do with and through your life, God will continue to flow through your life to be a blessing to many. Come on, if you believe the message, give the Lord a big shout of praise the Lord. Come on, give the Lord a big shout of praise the Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. So these are five important highlights. I read these chapters and I, yeah, I need to preach this. Amen. So even in ministry, let your messages come from your personal time of devotion. Let it come from an overflow. Not looking for a message to preach. But when you spend time with God, He gives you a message. Many years ago, this was before I came into the full-time ministry. I said, Lord, what's my message? Every messenger has a message. Right? If a male guy shows up at your door, rings your bell, you expect him to give you a parcel. 
But if he shows up and there is no parcel in his hand, but he's dressed up in DHL uniform, you think something is wrong with him. Is that true? Yes. Mr. Man, where's the parcel? No. I just came to your door. No, you can't stay at my door. You get out of here. I'm going to call the police on you right now. Is that right? But he needs to come with a parcel. You sign it. You take it from him. And you open it. It's yours. Every messenger has a message. So I said, Lord, every messenger has a message. What's my message? You know what the Lord told me? The Lord said, preach what I've done in you. Your best message is what God has done. There's a lot of echo in the body of Christ today. People are copying other people's messages and preaching other people's messages and prophesying other people's prophecies. You've got to stay unique. You have to be a voice. You can't, you can't be an echo. You can't be an echo. I get blessed by other ministries, but I, I don't preach other people's messages. Come on now, say amen. amen. So the Lord said, what, preach what I've done in you. It is your experience. What you've experienced. That's what you preach. So I open my Bible. I read. To get blessed. And the Lord said, preach that. Preach what I've shown you. Praise God. Amen. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Well, it blessed me. I believe it blessed you too. Amen. Did it bless you? Yes. 